Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. Good morning again, guys. And I want to welcome you here uh, to the Vine. Um, I'm John Adams, lead pastor at the Vine, and and uh, if you're here or online, we are starting in a, a new series out of uh, called Just People Like You and Me. And we're going to be looking at the Old Testament figures, some of them uh, people of great faith like Abraham and like David and Moses and Esther, just to name a few. And we're going to see how they had just really great faith and were used by God in mighty ways. And at the same time, they struggled because of their sin, just like you and me. And we're going to see how these men and women continually grew in their life, learning how to rely on God and His faithfulness and not their own. So these mighty characters that we're going to be looking at, starting with Abraham today, yeah, they were people just like you and me. And and why is that important to know? And, and here's the reason. So we often study, you know, some of these great kind of uh, sort of heroes of the faith, and we look at all the great things they did, but we forget that they struggled too. Or we miss the point that God can use us, just like he used them, as we rely on God and we trust him alone to help us and work through us even though we still struggle with our sin. And we think sometimes this way, you know, there's just a few select people who uh, God really uses, like pastors or elders or women who speak at Bible conferences. (laughs) They're the only ones that can make the big difference for the glory of God. And, And, you know, that's just a lie. God wants to use you in 2022. He wants to make a difference through your life and use you for his glory and his fame. And here's the beautiful thing that we're going to find out from God's word today is this, is that God remains faithful despite our faithlessness. Rely on him. You know, he's faithful when every person in the world, even those closest to you, fail you, including yourself. So we want to take a few moments to look at God's holy word, and we're opening it. It'll be on the screen for you if you don't have your Bibles, but we're going to look at the first book of the Bible today at Genesis, and we're going to chapter 12, beginning in verse number 10. And I remind you that this is God's holy word. We put ourselves under its great authority. Listen to God's word, Genesis chapter 12. Now there was a famine in the land, so Abram went down to Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was severe in the land. And when he was about to enter Egypt, he went to Sarai, his wife, I know that you are a woman beautiful in appearance, and when the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Then they will kill me, but they will let you live. Say you are my sister, that it may go well with me because of you, 
and that my life may be spared for your sake. And when Abram entered Egypt, the Egyptians saw the woman was very beautiful. And when the princes of Pharaoh saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh. And the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. And for her sake, he dwelt well with Abram. And he had sheep, oxen, male donkeys, male servants, female servants, female donkeys, and camels. But the Lord afflicted Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. So Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this you have done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say, she is my sister, so that I took her for my wife? Now then, here is your wife. Take her and go. And Pharaoh gave men orders concerning him, and they sent him away with his wife and all that he had. Today, uh, we're going to look at uh, three things from this passage that God has to teach us about this whole idea of his faithfulness and that he remains faithful despite our faithlessness, relying on him. And the first thing is this, is that Abraham, he really was a great man of faith. You remember some of the stories. First of all, how he grew in faith. He began here in Genesis 12, and he moved literally thousands of miles in a day. It was really hard to travel. I'm going to tell you, a mule is not easy to ride for 2,000 miles. And it's tough to leave in those days. They did not travel because family was everything. And the place where they grew up and their name and and significance was all kind of founded in that area. And so Abraham moves in faith. And then we see in Genesis 13 through 15 that God says to Abraham, trust me that I'm going to make you a father of many nations. And then he says to Abraham, as he grows his faith, he says, and your wife, who's 90 years old, he said this in chapters 14 through 17, your wife, Sarai, she, 90 years old, she's going to have a baby. And he's going to be your heir, and you're going to name him Isaac. Abraham was 100 years old at that time. And so Abraham continued to grow in trusting God and believing him by faith. And we see the context of this first kind of trust test, if you will, by God in Genesis 12, uh, in verse number one. It says there, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and and your father's house to the land that I will show you. You see, Abraham traveled 600 miles from what was called the Ur of the Chaldees there in the Middle East. It was literally in southern Iraq of today. And he traveled to Haran, which is near the border of north Iraq or in Turkey. And here's a picture to kind of show you Abraham's traveling where he continued. After his father, Terah, died there in Haran, He takes his whole family, his whole clan. They pack up and they go 800 miles to Syria, just north of Israel. And then they go another 700 miles to Egypt. 
He is called and known as the father of faith, not only because he was willing to follow God and move, but because he continually trusted God's promise that there was going to be a great rescuer who would come. And and so Abraham was continually looking to God and his promises. If you want to read more about Abraham in the New Testament, look at Romans chapter 4. And verse 3 says this about Abraham's faith. It says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. You see, church, he knew his need for a savior. And he looked forward to the promises of God's rescue and reuniting his heart and life with God in faith. And we know that the great faith chapter, do you know what chapter that is? Hebrews chapter 11. There he, he is chronicled in 12 verses more than any other of, the, of those personalities of faith as a man who trusted God in faith, by, by faith in the Old Testament. So, so maybe you noticed in this passage today that he was called Abram, and, and, and we know him as Abraham. What's going on there? Well, we observe in Genesis 17.5 this, his name change. There it says, no longer, God says to him, shall your name be called Abram. But your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. And notice who's doing all the work in in Abraham's life. This name change, this move, this providing an heir through Isaac. It's, It's God. He is constantly showing Abraham his great work. You see, Abraham was a mighty man of faith. But it's also true, secondly, that he struggled with faith due to his sin. And we see this in verses 10 through 16. Genesis chapter 12 tells us about how Abraham and his family entered the land of Cain literally after months of travel. And there he built an altar to God. Now, why did he build an altar? Uh, Genesis 12, 8 tells us about that. It says, and there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. There it is. He built an altar. The altar were built with stones, likely, as a place of memorial, of remembrance of God's faithfulness. And he was saying to God as he built this, Lord, You are the faithful one. Lord, I'm trusting you. You brought me here literally thousands of miles to this place, to this new land. I need you, and I trust you. Lord, I need you. Every hour I need you. He was saying that in essence. And there he he builds this memorial, and he calls upon the name of the Lord in worship and in prayer. And we see that there as he built this, that though he then, as he had trusted him so much for many ways in guidance and following him, he faced some new fears. And the first fear he faced was this famine that was going on. And he faced this kind of sense of a loss of security in verse 10. Now, remember that Abraham is called to this new land and he's thinking, God, you're going to really provide for me a great land. 
He was a rancher farmer, and he probably expected that land to be like, throw the seeds out, and things are going to grow like crazy. But not long after he gets to Canaan, bad circumstances hit. Imagine how Abraham felt. He had been called all this way by God. Have you ever stepped out with God and then, man, God, what, what are you doing? Why are you doing this and allowing this? Abraham probably expected the land to be a fruitful place. So he, so he moved his family, his entire family, down to Egypt. Now remember throughout scripture, Egypt represented a place of spiritual bondage. And apparently he had not consulted God. His sin here is not spelled out clearly in the text, but it's a real important miss. He started with great faith, but he, he came to the place where he faced some smaller, less important decisions, and then he began to rely on himself. Do any of you struggle with that? You could be a person of great integrity in lots of ways, and then you hit this moment where you feel either circumstances are going really well or they're really hard. And in those moments, you just begin to kind of just rely on self. This is probably what was going on with Abraham. And then he faced another fear. And it was a threat to his Loss of comfort, and we see this in verses 11 through 15 in our text. There it describes Sarah as this amazingly beautiful lady. She was pretty easy on the eyes, and everyone was noticing it, right? When she came in the room, she probably had this stunning beauty. And Pharaoh and all his royal officials had noticed. So Abraham got scared thinking, this great leader, he's probably going to kill me and take my wife from me. You know, that happens sometime in those days. But we find in the text as we read it that his fears were really groundless. <laughs> he, and he did what a lot of us would do. Here's the problem. He took matters in his own hands. He rationalized. He told a lie. And he gave his wife to Pharaoh to protect himself. He lied, breaking what we know as the ninth commandment out of ten. You shall not bear false witness. And he failed to trust God and his protection. I mean, anyone else struggle with these kinds of things? You know, whether you're making big decisions or choices or you're just going through life and all of a sudden you might feel like, hey, you know, mm, I'm going to venture out on my own without really saying, God, I need you. I need you, Lord, I need you. Every hour, every moment, I need you. And in those moments, when we step away and we don't trust God, consciously or not, we can fall into self-reliance. Do you guys know uh, the name Dan Reeves? Anyone? Dallas Cowboys. Coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Coached the Atlanta Falcons. He, he uh, was a great NFL player himself. He um, recently died a 
couple, this last week, it was all over the sports pages. And uh, I have an interesting story about myself with Dan Reeves. Somehow I was invited to go play a foursome of golf with Dan Reeves. This was in 2010. And I went to his home course, and he was kind of like our host. And the guy was amazing. I mean, he clearly, he even shared a little bit about his faith because I asked him. And he was just such a kind man, and he helped us, you know, navigate this pretty tough course. And he made us feel really comfortable, even though he clearly was the best golfer in the foursome. <laughs> and then uh, everything was going just marvelously that day. It was a great day of golf, 18 holes. I come to the end, come, we all come to the green at the end of 18 holes. And then we're all putting, and I finally uh, hit my last putt. And Coach Reeves says to me, John, hey, great five. Well, he didn't see that back on the fairway I duffed one. <laughs> and uh, I actually had a six. And when he said great five, I mean, this was Dan Reeves <laughs> saying this to me. I said, hey, thanks, coach. And he apparently wrote it down and, uh, as a five and not a six. Well, I got to tell you, the Holy Spirit worked on me. I felt really, I felt really bad. It wasn't like a huge deal, right? But I felt a great conviction. And somehow I happened to have Coach Reeves' number and I called him up and confessed my sin. <laughs> you don't, don't you think that was probably a little awkward? <laughs> it was hard, I don't, you know, uh, but I felt better afterwards. But the point of this is this. I mean, in any moment, in small things of integrity or in bigger ones, we can fall. We can fail. And we need God's forgiveness and His grace to continually trust Him in every corner of our lives. Why did Abraham, why do we fail to rely on God? Abraham probably thought, I'm going to do something to fix my problems, especially when he went to Egypt and he had this beautiful woman as a wife, and he thought, I'm in trouble. I'm not feeling safe here. I've got to do something. It was natural. He tried to protect himself, and rather than say that this was his wife, you remember he represented her as his sister. And she was actually his half-sister, according to Genesis 20:12. And he created the impression that Sarah again, was not his wife. It was a half lie, but it was just as much a lie as a whopper. You see, he trusted his own solutions. Have you struggled to rationalize and trust yourself rather than God? Do you think most of these uh, kinds of choices we make a kind of... of rationalization, do they come out of the blue? No, it's, it takes a time. It takes, you know, it's over a season where we kind of step away from really saying, God, I need you. I need you. Every hour I need you. And we forget to read his word. And we kind of slow down in prayer. And we forget to fellowship with one another. 
And then we slowly slip away into our own self-reliance. And so God wants to show us, even in the midst of those days, I still love you. I'm faithful even when you are not. And that leads us to the the third point of this passage. Here is that as we think about this premise of this sermon, God remains faithful despite our own faithlessness. Rely on Him. We're going to see here that God was faithful even when Abraham was not. Look at verses 17 through 20. And there you see how the Lord works in His sovereign, mighty way. I mean, He enters in. He actually does a work where He puts a plague on Pharaoh because He has Abraham's wife, Sarah. And Pharaoh's got to be thinking, what's going on? And finally, we see that, that in verses 18 and 19 that we don't know how, Pharaoh learns that Sarah is actually Abraham's wife. And and imagine this encounter between Abraham, this great man of faith, one of the great men of faith ever in the whole Bible, or probably in the whole world. And here we have this man who is an irreligious man, Pharaoh, rebuking this great man of faith. He, He asks Abraham, why? Why did you do this? And Abraham's lie is completely exposed. And and he himself, uh, maybe even for the first time, sees it clearly. And in verse 19, it goes on, you'd expect what? What would you expect? (laughs) You'd expect Pharaoh to kill this guy or put him in prison, right? Beat him, maybe? What does he do instead? It says that in verse, the end of verse 19, that he actually sends Abraham out with all that he had. We know from verse 16 that he was given a massive wedding dowry. Uh, Pharaoh gave that to Abraham for giving Sarah's to him. And so Pharaoh not only gives back Abraham, his wife, He gives him riches and wealth in that day, described in verse 16. On his own, look at Abraham, probably would have been dead, or penniless, or beaten, or in prison. But it's because of God's amazing grace and faithfulness that he himself continually cares for Abraham. Remember, What we've been studying today is that God remains faithful despite our faithlessness. Rely on Him. You know, church, aren't you glad? Aren't you really glad that though we struggle with our faith, right? God remains faithful. He's so big and He's so good towards us. He is so kind in the midst of our struggles, even with our sin. You see, today, if you don't know God, aren't you tired of operating on your own, your own resources, your own abilities? You know, you're trying to find people who will never fail you, and you, you look to people and you trust them, but even the most faithful person, as we've seen, 
in our lives. They'll fail us. But there is one person who will never fail us. His name is Jesus. And he loves you with a faithful love. Timothy says, even when we are faithless, he remains faithful to us. You know, I love the story about Abraham, his last huge test of faith. You remember it? It's in, you can find it in Genesis 22. There in Genesis 22, Abraham is asked to take his heir, this son who was born when his wife was 90 and he was 100, his name was Isaac, and take him up to Mount Moriah. That's the top probably of Mount, the mountain of, in Jerusalem where the temple was built. And he takes him up to the top of Mount Moriah and he's instructed to go and sacrifice him. Now this was strange for this God, and you would not, Abraham would never expect that he would ask him to kill his only child. Yeah, I mean, how many of you would actually do that if you were asked by God, right? I don't know if I would, right? But he takes Isaac, he's got the wood, he's got the elements to build the fire, he builds all the place for the sacrifice, and Isaac says, who's Who's going to be sacrificed, Dad? And, and, and Abraham says, the Lord will provide. And it, just as he's ready to, to follow in faith the ultimate act of faith and kill his own son, which would be amazing faith, God stops him and says, Abraham, no, here's a ram. You sacrifice the ram. Your son is blessed. And remember, Isaac grows old and has many children and sons. But Abraham is willing to sacrifice his only son, but doesn't have to. You remember a couple thousand, about a thousand years later, there was one who came. His name was Jesus. And he was the only begotten of the Father. And he was placed, spread eagle on a cross and crucified he was the perfect only son of God the Father, and he died for you and me. Do you realize that? The great work of God, of what he has done for us, and sent his only begotten son on our behalf. If you don't know him, man, aren't you tired of operating in your own strength or abilities? I'd encourage you to trust Jesus to turn from your sin and say, God, help me, and trust him. And if you do know him today, think about Abraham, that he grappled with sin and unbelief just like you and me. He, and, but yet he grew through his whole life, just as we talk about as one of our values in this church, to grow in Christ and share him with others. How about you in 2022? Are you ready to grow in faith? Are you taking those steps and how? I'd encourage you first and foremost, please take this precious word, however you read it, on your handhelds or however you read the word of God and get into a regular diet of reading and getting to know the God of this wonderful word. 
And I'll also encourage you that he's given us ways to talk with him, and we want to teach you about that. In fact, we're doing a prayer conference at the end of January to teach you out of the book of Daniel about how Daniel prayed, and we're going to practice together, and there's going to be everyone's from beginning prayer people to people who've been praying for many years. And we're going to learn and grow together in prayer. I'd encourage you to sign up for the prayer conference and join us in that, either live or online. And then, uh, <laughs> then at your workplace, do you know you can make a difference? You don't have to be an Abraham, this kind of great personality or great person of faith. You simply need to be you and step out and say, God, how do, you, how do I trust you more and more to pour out your love to others who need to know you in my place of work or in my neighborhood or in my family? You see, um, you can make a difference. Ask God to continue to grow your heart by faith to trust him and use you wherever you are with every person he puts in your pathway to be on mission, to make Jesus known to them. And invite God to increase your desire to minister and serve. You know, you guys are the ministers. Remember that. I'm the pastor. We have a few pastors, but you are the ministers. You all are gifted. Ephesians 4, to use your gifts for God's glory. And we're going to see more about that in the weeks and months to come. So as we approach 2022, I just want to encourage you, we all need to grow in faith by relying on Jesus more and more and more. How is he showing you to do that? You know, the motivation for me is this. Even when I'm faithless, our God remains faithful. You can trust him. Let's pray together. Lord, uh, we praise you. We thank you for your word. Thank you for this amazing example in scripture of faith with Abraham. Lord, we believe. Lord, help our unbelief, as the man in Mark, Mark's gospel said whose son was demon-possessed. Lord, we need your help. God, we need you. Lord, we need you. Every hour, we need you. Help us to trust you more in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at thevinecc. Have a great week.